When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you want filet mignon or do you want a hamburger from McDonald's? Savage. Some of the most iconic stars in music history didn't start out as solo acts. They emerged from already successful bands, and in some cases, went on to solo careers that dwarfed the careers of the bands that spawned them. Now, as part of Season 8, the great pop culture debate wants to look back at those supernova stars who exploded out of bands as we attempt to name the best solo musician to come out of a band or group. I ditched my musical partner for brand new clothes and a big fat place on MTV. Unfortunately, that place was as a background character on Beavis and Butthead. I'm your host, Eric Resniak. Please help me welcome my panel for this episode. Our next debater thinks he's the Diana Ross, but he's really just one of the Supremes. It's Curtis Creekmore. You're just jealous that your hair doesn't bounce like mine. Balenciaga! <laughs> In your dreams, girl. He got into a throuple and still ended up the Michelle. Please welcome Jake Lewis. But a Michelle with Beyonce-sized aspirations. Well, Jake, I assure you, I am actually ready for that jelly. And finally, our next panelist regularly fantasizes about being Eiffel Towered by the Jonas Brothers. Please welcome Jake Pitticelli. I also wouldn't mind being Waffle House by them either. Well, I don't understand that reference, but I assume it has something to do with being covered and smothered like hash browns, and I'm into it. You got it. So if you're curious about how we ended up with this top 16, become a Patreon supporter of the podcast or check out the bonus preview of this episode on your podcast platform of choice in which we go through the whole bracket up to this point. And don't forget, you can head to greatpopculturedebate.com and find the listener bracket for this episode so you can play along with us at home. And with that out of the way, let's move right on to these debates. First, it's another unanimous victory for ultimate one seed Beyonce of Destiny's Child, who did not have to imagine a world in which she advanced over four seed John Lennon from the Beatles because it's reality. We didn't really talk that much about John in the first round, so I do want to chat about him briefly. Um, I made the argument that I think part of what gives John Lennon the cultural currency that he continues to enjoy is that we had so little of him. And so there's the kind of what would have been. Imagine is obviously, I, I can't, I don't have statistics, but it has to be one of the most played songs of all time. I think there's a question if he could have maintained that level of creative success and commercial success. But certainly um, that's a huge fucking stamp to put on some uh, on someone even after the massiveness of the Beatles. And Jake Lewis, you made the point in round one that um, one of your rubrics for this is that if you already came from a monster success band and then also had monster success as a solo artist, that's something that we have to take into consideration, right? Um, yes. I mean, it, John Lennon is is up there with Paul McCartney when it comes to solo success with a shorter career. I mean probably more recognizable songs than Paul had, to be honest. Um, once he was, I mean, just given Imagine alone. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Solid artist, but cannot cannot compare to Beyonce. 
cannot compare to Beyonce. So Beyonce advances into round three. Next, the panel is evenly split between two iconic women, two seed Stevie Nicks from Fleetwood Mac and three seed Diana Ross of the Supremes. In a battle of the Jakes, Lewis, please tell us why we should stand back and let Stevie take this bout. Pitticelli, tell us why this victory should be swept away by Diana. I'm going to have Jake Pitticelli go first. Uh, I'm so excited to talk about Diana Ross. Um, On one of our last episodes of the best Super Bowl halftime shows of all time, Diana Ross made it very high, not just because of her bouncy hair, but because she literally took off at the end in a fucking helicopter. Yes. And what a more iconic way to exit the Super Bowl halftime show. I don't think there will ever be a more iconic exit. But furthermore, I mean, to use, you know, the criteria that we were talking about in terms of is your success as a solo artist bigger than your success as a band or group and the critical acclaim. So I think between the two of those, I mean, come on, Diana Ross is one of the most influential artists of all time. Um, she's one of Ruth Paul's favorite people on planet Earth. <laughs> um, and her, you know, she was the Supremes are they are Motown. They are um, they are such they were such so successful with songs from You Can't Hurry Love, um, Baby Love. But I think Diana Ross's solo career um, and the awards that she's won from she has a Tony Award. She's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She has a Presidential Medal of Freedom. Um, and she's influenced so many artists who are in this um, this pop bracket in this poll too. I mean, she's influenced artists like Beyonce, like Michael Jackson, um, who are in this list as well. So she's had influences on some of the people just in this very you know episode, which is you know exciting. Um, so I think, and you know, earlier we talked about how. Um, Lionel Richie gave birth to Nicole Richie. She gave birth to Tracy Ellis Ross, who I adore. So I think that's also a good compelling form for Miss Ross as well. Excellent. Thank you very much. Jake Lewis, talk to us about Stevie Nicks. I started off with saying I love Diana Ross. And if she was up against anybody else, as we say so often, um, but Stevie is just, I mean, inducted into the hall of uh, rock and roll hall of fame twice um once with fleetwood mac and one as a solo artist um great catalog again um leather and lace edge of 17 one of my favorites is has anyone ever written anything for you um had she um really was just a revelation and kind of i we talked about in round one about annie lennox just the most recognizable voices um and and nobody can do her songs as a result um also uh just the the fear of god she put into um conservatives whenever everybody thought she was a witch i love that too um so uh, she um she has probably my most played um touch tunes at any bar if i'm mm. anywhere up north i play too far from Texas. That she, the duet she did with Natalie Maines, um, off of the Trouble and Shangri La album, just iconic. She has all the awards and accolades, but and I, I get Diana Ross. Um, this was probably the hardest decision on the the bracket for me because ultimate respect to her and awards and accolades. They're probably not that far apart. Um, and the bands that came out of Fleetwood Mac is a juggernaut of hits. Um, so again, my rubric is how big was their solo career and her solo career is, is pretty extensive and still going. Um, so I'm sticking with Stevie Nicks, 
like with apologies to Diana Ross. Excellent. Yeah. Curtis, where are you on this one? I think I'm going to be lit on fire for saying this, but I don't think Stevie Nicks career is as big outside of Fleetwood Mac as Diana Ross's is outside of the Supremes. Um, Diana Ross is another one of those names that I feel like changed the face of music. And as Jake Pitticelli mentioned, impacted so many of the artists that are on this, this bracket and just in general, um, I, I adore her music. I think it's fun to listen to. And there's, I don't have any problem with Stevie Nicks. It's just, if I'm going to pick between the two in terms of which one I want to listen to, I'm going to go with Diana Ross. And I think in terms of just cultural cachet, it's Diana. This one is really hard to me because I actually think they're very evenly matched. I, I do think that Stevie has incredible impression on culture um is it as much as diana's i don't know honestly but i do think she had huge huge social hit uh, social uh, solo hits and i think she is an icon like uh literally she is a witch she's literally the white witch right she like you put on a shawl are you twirling like stevie nicks you're twirling like Stevie Nicks. You're not twirling like anyone else. You're twirling like Stevie fucking Nicks. Um, and the songs are like, you were like, which one I rather listen to. It's a dead draw for me because both of their catalogs are so good. One thing I see happening in this bracket is that rock is being winnowed out very quickly. And that is something that I'm concerned about. I'm also looking at the seeds. Stevie is the higher seed. I do think that something interesting keeps happening on this debate where Diana Ross and the Supreme get lower seeds than I would expect given their historical significance in pop culture. But by that same token, I don't think we've ever talked about Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks. And Fleetwood Mac, as much as we talk about the Supremes and how huge they were, Fleetwood Mac, I believe, someone check out Rumors, is like one of the top selling albums of all time. It was huge. And I'm not going to use juggernaut the J word because I get accused of using it too much. But like, I would love for someone to quickly, like, while we're in a break, tell me how many albums that sold, because I do believe it was one of the all time stop top selling albums. And she went on to have a hugely successful solo career with, you know, stand back with, um, Edge of 17, as you mentioned, there are like three or four other songs that are just on the tip of my tongue that um, she just destroyed with. Diana had some really strong solo efforts, too. I actually think Stevie meant Heavy Edge from a solo perspective. So I'm giving it to Stevie here, and she is the higher seed. So were you going to chime in, Curtis? Did you look that up for me? Over 40 million is what the internet says. Over 40 million. Yeah. I don't think Diana or the Supremes ever had uh, an album that sold that much, but we will get back to you after we come back from a break on that. We are advancing Stevie Nicks into round two based on seeds. She's a two seed. Diana's a three, and this is a tie. Next, it looks like a unanimous victory for one seed Cher, originally from Sonny and Cher, over four seed Gwen Stefani from No Doubt, who barely advanced into round two. I'll just do a quick check to make sure. Jake Piticelli, are you sticking with Cher here? Here? Yes. Josh, <laughs> Wagon Wheel Watusi, Jake Lewis, are you sticky? Are you with Cher or are you with Gwen here? Cher, uh, by okay. far, yeah. And uh, Curtis, I'm assuming you're sticking with our Lord and Savior, Cher? Yeah, I fought for Gwen in round one, but I mean, do, do you want filet mignon or do you want a hamburger from McDonald's? Savage. Um, I 
appreciate that. We are advancing share into round three. Next, the panel's equally split between two seed Justin Timberlake from NSYNC and three seed Phil Collins from Genesis. Curtis say bye 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 to Phil by pushing Justin Timberlake forward. Jake Lewis explain why something happened on the way to heaven and that something is a miracle it's going to take to get Phil in past uh, Justin Timberlake. I'm going to have Curtis go first here. I feel like our listeners are going to burn me alive for being on this side of the argument, considering our most popular episode as of the recording of this episode is the the best Phil Collins song, which continues yeah. to just dominate for some reason. People love People this fucking love episode. People episode. love Phil Collins. He's for the children. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I was a massive fan of NSYNC. Had I been on the best boy bands episode, the outcome would have been different. That's all I will Don't say. Don't spoil anything. Don't spoil go listen anything. to the episode. Um, but after NSYNC split, Justin continued to make some great music. On his debut solo album, Justified, we got his first smash hit, Crimea River, which we actually recently featured in one of the best songs of 2003 episode as well, as well as Rock Your Body and Senorita, which got a lot of play on the radio. Um, he has released a ton more excellent songs since then, Sexy Back, what goes around comes around. Four minutes with Madonna. Take back the night. TKO and can't stop the feeling. He entered the SNL Hall of Fame and got an Emmy with his "Dick in a Box" bit in 2006, and recently broke into the world of voice acting with his parts in the Trolls movies. Um, he's won ten Grammys, four Emmys, seven American Music Awards, three Brit Awards, nine Billboard Music Awards, and eleven MTV Video Music Awards. He has a surprisingly storied career for someone who has worked his way out of a boy band, something that pop culture thought was a joke. That's a very good argument. Jake Lewis, I'm excited to hear you talk to me about Phil Collins because he also has had quite the storied career. Go ahead and take it, Jake. Yeah, so a great argument for Phil Collins in this um, debate is all the songs that Curtis just listed, they're not good. Um, they're just, that's, that's a great, like, uh, Curtis did that, did it for me. Um, uh, just an incredible musician as well as an art, a vocalist, um, a, an amazing drummer. Uh, if you've ever been to a Phil Collins concert, which I have, um, the, the drum breakdown is one of the best parts of the entire show. Um, the Tarzan album, I mean, it, the whole thing. I mean, I, I get that that's just a small piece of his career, but like the running joke on the internet to net till now is Phil Collins did not have to go that hard on that album. And he absolutely did. Um, all the awards and acclaim. I mean, he's got, he's got a Oscar for, for the music from Tarzan. He's got so many Grammys, Brit awards. He's got everything that Justin Timberlake has. He just did it better. Um, vocally talent wise all i think justin timberlake is a very talented person i don't like his songs i think his voice is fine i think he's he's good in movies um but the songs he's put out just do not speak to me at all which the the just the the true colors cover cover that Focons did again better than anything um JT's ever come close to. 
He's done a couple really notable covers, actually, Collins. And they're almost always as good, if not better, than the originals. Jake Piticelli, where are you on this one? It's actually a, a really tough call. Yeah, speaking, just going back to Diana Ross, one of Phil Collins' best covers is You Can't Hurry Love. Uh, yeah, You Can't Hurry Love. I think it's one of yeah. my favorite personal covers. But um, love me some Phil Collins. But I think Justin Timberlake, even though he may not be the best singer, the best actor... The best whatever. I think he's just a really well-rounded entertainer. He's been in the business since the Mickey Mouse Club. Um, and he's really stayed, you know, I think what's something people really like about him is such crossover appeal. I mean, the fact that he, Curtis is mentioning awards, speaking of crossover appeal, he was nominated for a BET award <laughs> for Holy Grail with Jay-Z featuring Justin Timberlake. Um, but I just think he's still so popular, and um, I, I think Phil Collins is is a great artist. I think he's a better vocalist, but in terms of just career longevity and influence in pop culture and discography, um, it's definitely Justin Timberlake for the win for me. That's so interesting because, like, you want to talk about longevity. Like, Phil Collins has been going since the 70s, right? This this is a tough call. I will agree with Jake Lewis. The point to who is a better vocalist and musician, I easily give to Phil Collins. There's no question. He's writing those songs. He's an incredibly talented instrumentalist. And his vocals are pretty peerless. Like, this is a stupid aside, but in chorus at Lafayette Junior Senior High, we used to warm up to a Phil Collins song. Um, and so that's always what I think of. But um, I, in terms of who has more pop culture cachet now in this moment, it's almost a draw to me. I got to say, as Curtis pointed out, Phil Collins is our number one episode. He he hits people from all ages, right? He's hitting boomers. He's hitting Gen Xers from Tarzan. He's hitting millennials. Well, I guess millennials also for Tarzan. Whereas Justin Timberlake, I don't think boomers give a fuck about him whatsoever. It's Gen X and it's it's millennials. Um, maybe even Xers don't care. Who are the seeds here? It's three seed Phil Collins, two seed Justin Timberlake. Oy, gavaltz. My heart says to vote for Phil Collins, and ultimately it doesn't fucking matter because Justin Timberlake is a two seed and he will advance regardless. So, Jake Lewis, you did a great job making that argument. I'm on your team. I think he's the better musician. And again, he did not fuck over Janet Jackson or Britney Spears, to my knowledge. Um, But that being said, Justin Timberlake will He'll be in my heart. I, I oh. didn't know about, in my defense, I didn't know about the BET award. That might have swayed my Does vote. that swing you? There you go. Okay. That's going to make all the difference. Um, that being said, please do check out our best Phil Collins song episode. It's, it's w- wildly popular for reasons I can't explain. The majority of the panel is in favor of one seed Michael Jackson of the Jackson 5, but I am still dancing on the ceiling for five seed Lionel Richie of the Commodores. Jake Piticelli, I tried to come up with a catchy Michael Jackson quip, but every one of them was deeply offensive. So why don't you talk about Michael Jackson? And then after you're done, I'll talk about why Lionel Richie is not going to advance into round three. Jake, take it away. You know, I think much like, you know, the last two artists we were talking about, Michael Jackson transcends generations. Um, take that as you will. It's probably not the best thing to say, but anyway. <laughs> Every statement is offensive with him. That's right. Go you on. just can't say anything. Um, no. But, I mean, this is the great cop culture debate. In terms of the most significant pop cultural figures in the 20th century, Michael Jackson is probably at the top of the list. He is widely renowned as the king of pop. He came out of the Jackson's five, you know, him at new like with having some very successful career with his brothers and sisters and by and 
But what he did afterwards in terms of his solo career, I don't think any artist has really touched that level. I mean, from Thriller being the top-selling single of all time to selling over 400 million records, um, take away the controversy of Michael Jackson. But just in terms of music, I mean, I still talk to kids today, like, you know, in Gen Z, and they still listen to Michael Jackson. They still, you know... They don't remember the releasing of the Doves. So they don't really, that doesn't really, if that hasn't really, that's kind of escaped the, I mean, it's definitely still part of Michael Jackson's legacy, but in terms of, um, you know, the fashion, the dancing, and just being, there are so many other entertainers out there. And then there's Michael Jackson, the king of pop, um, who is also an influence for so many people in this bracket. So um, I really can't think of, when I think of a pop star, I think of Michael Jackson. And so for that reason alone, yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, cards on the table time. Um, I I have been voting against Michael Jackson this whole time. And is it because of all of the difficulties around him? It absolutely is. I find a very hard time separating the man from the art. And I guess I'm going to have to get over that for this debate because there's no way around it. Um, let me first say Lionel Richie is who I'm talking about. Lionel Richie had in a massive 80s solo career. He had multiple hit albums. He was omnipresent in the first half of the 80s uh, on the music scene. And he's gone on to continue to have a very successful career. He's now on American Idol, giving him a second life. Everything I just said about Lionel Richie is dwarfed by Michael Jackson and his accomplishments. And there's just no getting around that. Curtis, where are you on this? I mean, I'm, I think I'm in a similar boat. I'm <sighs> Michael Jackson. Okay. Jake Lewis. Same Michael Jackson with an asterisk. Yeah. I think that's a great way to put this because you mentioned Jake Piticelli that a lot of the Gen Zers don't know about, let's say the releasing of the doves and the other complicated stuff. That's not by chance. That is because there is a very, well-oiled machine working behind the scenes to scrub his image for the up-and-coming generations. That is not by chance. But that being said, Michael Jackson advances to round three because on the merits of his career, he deserves to. Next, the majority of the panelists pushing for three-seed Prince, formerly of the Revolution, over two-seed Harry Styles of One Direction. I believe, uh, well, actually, I think Jake is going to be pushing for Harry Styles here, but we're going to do something that we've almost never done on this episode. It's going to happen a lot, actually. And Curtis is going to read from Prince's Wikipedia page because I think that's the best way to explain what's happening here. Curtis, take it away. So a little context. We were talking during the break about like what these artists did before or after they they left the band that they came from and we realized that prince the revolution the band that we thought that prince was a part of was really his backup band and when they dissolved well here's what i'll read prince did not want to see his band anymore and the Revolution were not happy with Prince's decision to include new band members. In a 2017 direct-to-YouTube interview on Yahoo's account, Wendy Melvoen remembers Prince rehearsing with all his new selections and ignoring the Revolution by not looking at them. Brownmark, Wendy, and Lisa threatened to quit. 
At one point, Prince dispatched Bobby Z to the airport and literally caught them before they boarded the plane. Eventually, all three were convinced to ride it out. Prince then promised Brownmark a lot of money, but Brownmark settled for $3,000 a week, a paltry sum based on other touring bands. He turned down a much more lucrative gig as bassist for Stevie Nicks, who was going on tour at the time. Prince never followed through with all that money, but as the tour ended in Japan, Prince smashed up all of his guitars after a final encore of Purple Rain. Wendy looked around at the other members and she whispered, and they agreed, it's over. (laughs) So I had to hear us do that because... The argument here really is we're talking about Prince as a solo musician after the dissolution of the revolution. So it's after Purple Rain. So we're talking Bat Dance. We're talking about when he turned himself into a symbol. We're talking all of that stuff. That's really a crucial element to this conversation. The other reason I had him read that was if you want to talk about absolutely batshit crazy stories coming out of a celebrity – Nobody beats Prince. Nobody. He's like the whiz, that that store from the 90s. Nobody beats Prince in terms of absolute batshit uh, musical genius stuff, right? Jake, however, talk to us why we should vote for Harry Styles here. Uh, he makes some really compelling arguments. But first, I just think that Harry Styles is the biggest male pop star right now. Um you know, as we were talking about earlier, his critical acclaim winning album of the year, as it was being the most popular song, uh, played globally last year. So in terms of crossover success, having the number one global song in all of, you know, for an entire year, it's really hard to argue with that. But just in terms of the culture, I think, you know, his fashions being the first man to be on the cover of Vogue, um, whether people agreed with it or not or had their feelings about it, people were having a conversation and were talking about him. We talked about other artists who dipped their toes into acting. He's done so with My Policeman, uh, and as which has also gotten mixed reviews. And you know, I think like he is trying new things. And this is the time at the beginning of his career to kind of see you know what kind of his his strengths are and what might be on his musicality. Um, but still, I just think that with his talking about earlier the success of the ad with One Direction was huge the fandom that one direction has so to be even bigger than that and to be so early on in your career um i think is really impressive and i think um he's only gonna get bigger jake lewis where are you on this one i'm with prince um if we're talking about prince and his material from the early 80s versus harry styles and his current material I would probably give it to Prince. But we're talking about Prince after the revolution, which is where at a certain point in the 90s, and I'm probably going to get booed for saying this. I'm going to get booed a lot this episode. I'm making some bad calls. But I said, Prince forgot how to write a song that people want to listen to. And that period happened after he left the revolution. I'm not saying that the revolution was the reason that Prince was a success. Prince is a fucking musical genius. And his solo output backed by the revolution in the early 80s was incredible but we're talking strictly about the period after the revolution here and i think that's where it gets dicier and the hits become a lot less frequent harry styles is in the beginning of his career and is pumping out hit after hit after hit right now he had huge success with that band and he's i think equaling it already i don't think prince post the split with the revolution had the level of success that he did when he was with the revolution. And that's ultimately where my, my decision is coming here. Curtis, where are you on this? Uh, I'm probably going to vote for Harry Styles, but do you happen to know when did Prince become the 
the artist formerly known as Prince? It was in the 90s. Okay. So, so it, it was, was definitely post. post-revolution. Yeah. I believe the Batman soundtrack was post-revolution. So I think that was the beginning of Prince's decline in pop culture. And I think once he became the symbol, uh, tell me the last Prince song that was, could you be the most beautiful woman in the world? I think it, beautiful girl in the world, I think was during the symbol days. And I, that's the last Prince song I think anyone gave a shit about, frankly. I, I couldn't tell you. I Purple Rain and uh, Little Little Red Corvette and yep. Raspberry Beret. I think those were all revolution. all revolution. That's all I know. That's all I know of Prince. The fact yeah. that he was able to rebrand himself as a symbol says something and still like be taken seriously enough to remain an artist. But Harry Styles is, is head and shoulders above what Prince became, I think. So that's where my vote goes. As an artist, I think it goes to Prince, but for the point of this coming out of a band, I give it to Harry, which I'm sure is like some bullshit, like uh, reading between the lines, but here we are. So you can hate me. It's fine. Prince's ghost hates me. It's Um, a fine line. It's a fine line. And I will say we talk about Prince quite a bit in the Super Bowl halftime show and we lionize him on that. So (laughs) do listen to that. Um, Next up, we are removing Harry Styles into round three. Next, it's a unanimous victory for one seed Tina Turner of the Ike and Tina Review over four seeds Cyndi Lauper of Blue Angel. Um, I do want to speak briefly on Cyndi Lauper here. I believe this is the correct decision. Um, Blue Angel was not a huge success. And one of my rubrics was... The relative success of them as a solo artist versus a relative success to them as a band. Blue Angel, I think, had a minor hit, but Cindy really blew up as a social artist, excuse me, solo artist. Uh, Tina obviously had significant success with Ike and Tina Review, but blew up immensely as a solo act. Um, Cindy continues to be a very successful songwriter. She does a lot on Broadway now. She's an EGOT winner. Um, But I don't think as a solo act, she has anywhere close to the catalog or the legacy that Tina Turner has. And I I do say that with the acknowledgement that Tina just recently died as we record this. So that may be influencing things. But Jake Lewis, are you still on team Tina here? 100% yes. Jake Petticelli? Yeah. And Curtis? I don't like kinky boots. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I do, and we, we stand Cindy Lauper on the show, but I do believe that Tina Turner is the correct decision here. Finally, in round two, it's two-seed George Michael from Wham! versus three-seed Paul McCartney from The Beatles. I don't believe that anybody is voting for Paul McCartney here, or am I wrong? Jake Lewis, are you voting for Paul McCartney? Nope. Nope. Um, This is a panel of four homosexual men that may be influencing this. But we did mention in round one that um, Paul McCartney, obviously from the biggest band of all time, and did have a very significant solo act as well as performing with Wings. But his songs do not stand up well in a modern context. Virtually none of his solo songs sound anything other than dated, which is weird because the Beatles stuff, yeah, it sounds like it's from the 60s, but still um, has a hook to it, and the solo musician stuff does not. Uh, With that being said, George Michael will advance to round three, and that is the end of round two. We're going to take a quick break and ignore our farmer band members while we perform at the Super Bowl halftime show. We'll be right back after these messages.
Well, hello there. Are you enjoying this episode of the Great Pop Culture Debate? Of course you are. But did you know that there's an entire other half of this episode you didn't listen to? Quel dommage. Our Patreon supporters get exclusive access to all the part ones and warm-ups. Literally, it's like a whole bonus episode. And I'm going to level with you folks. Some of them are funnier than what you hear on the main feed. So if you've ever thought about supporting us on Patreon but decided against it, don't be entitled to that wrong opinion. Head to Patreon patreon.com backslash great pop culture debate and subscribe for just five dollars today your support means that we can continue to produce this fabulous show and you get all kinds of great perks treat yourself become a patron of the great pop culture debate today this episode is brought to you by shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And we are back for round three of our best solo musician to come out of a band debate. Before we get to the Elite Eight, I want our panelists to share their social media because you're the lead singer here and the rest of us are the losers backing you up. Curtis, how can people find you? Uh, You can find me on just about everything social media at Kurt Itch. I very well may change that soon. Who knows? Um, You are listening to this shortly after the changeover from Twitter to X. We'll see how much longer that thing exists, but I'm still on that at C-U-R-T-I-T-C-H. Just fucking crazy. Like, I don't even know what to say. Jake Lewis, how do people find you? Yeah, so last time um, when we were on with Alma, she's giving all of her projects, and I was like, I'm going to come up with something. Yes. I'm not doing anything still. Okay. Um, But you can find me on Instagram at that takes the Jake. Great. Thank you very much. Jake Pitticelli, what about you? Where can people find you? And if you do have a product that you want to talk about, please do. Oh, that's much more punny than mine, other Jake. I like that. Uh, Mine's just a J. Uh, Taesu. Taesu is my middle name. It's actually the my korean name but that's a whole nother story so jtaesu underscore um is where you can find me on instagram and jake not from state farm on twitter which actually is kind of funny or whatever it is yeah thank you uh, and you can find me at eric resniak on twitter and instagram or just message at great pop culture debate on insta or at gpcd on mastodon we are still on twitter x the artist formerly known as twitter i don't know at culture underscore debate but again as curtis mentioned who knows how much longer that'll last it is now a now symbol so it's 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 just like prince uh, <laughs> and just like prince it's about to go out of business so uh now let's move into round three before people inevitably start start yelling at us about how full of ourselves we are uh so it is all ones and two seeds which actually rarely happens on this show so this should be a bloodbath uh it is beyonce versus stevie nicks a one seed versus two seed i'm gonna go around the horn and start with curtis you're first in the alphabet uh who are you picking 
the second letter in the alphabet, B, Beyonce. All right. Jake Lewis, Beyonce, or Stevie Nicks? Beyonce. Jake Piticelli, Beyonce, or Stevie Nicks? Sasha Fierce. Oh, that was not one of the options. Um, no, I know. I'm just kidding. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think I I did as much as I can to prop up Stevie Nicks in round two. I don't think I can do anything here. It does need to go to Beyonce. I do want to point out, if you are still sore about Diana Ross going out in round two to Stevie Nicks, um, let me point out that it would now be the Diana Ross versus Beyonce. And in that match, I'm also curious, Curtis, would you still vote for Beyonce? I don't know. I don't think mm. so. Mm. I'm all for a primacy argument. Yes. Which definitely came into play in Girl Group, which Jake Lewis was on. Jake Lewis, would you vote for Diana Ross or Beyonce if she was still theoretically in this matchup? I think I, along with everybody on the panel in the Girl Group episode, said they would probably vote for Beyonce. I would definitely vote for Beyonce, but Curtis is backpedaling now. Uh, 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 uh. I don't know that that's true. Roll back the tape, well, Bob. We'll have to do that. Jake Piticelli, if it was Diana versus uh, Beyonce, would you still vote for Beyonce? Absolutely. I'm going to the Renaissance Tour next week. There you go. So I just want to point out that if you are sore about uh, Diana Ross going out in round two, she would have gone out now anyway. Beyonce will advance to the final four. Next, it's Cher versus Justin Timberlake. I'm going to start with Jake Piticelli. Where are you on this one? Cher. Jake Lewis. Um, with Cher, yes. Curtis. It's Cher, bitch. All right. We're going to make it unanimous. Cher advances over Justin Timberlake. He had a very good run. Um, next up, but again, he's now up Michael Jackson, who I always argue, Justin Timberlake just took the Michael Jackson playbook and just ran with it. He did exactly mm. everything Michael Jackson did. He, he just... did not hold a baby out a window. Yet. Um, <laughs> so, and Michael Jackson versus Harry Style. I'm going to start in the middle with Jake Lewis. Who are you going with? I don't like either one of them. I'll go with uh, I'll go with the um, majority. <laughs> All right, Jake Piticelli, Michael Jackson, or Harry Styles? Michael Jackson. Curtis. I'm also going to vote for Michael Jackson, and we haven't. You railed against him. Jake spoke a little bit about why he moved forward, and this is this is really challenging to be quite honest. Like this is, uh-huh. it's almost like a J.K. Rowling moment. I am a huge yeah. Harry Potter fan. Like that is the underpinning of my youth. Um, I have so much memorabilia and all the books and everything. And it's really hard for me to separate the work from the artist. But when you're thinking about the, the theme, the idea of this episode is well, who is the best musician to come out of a group solo musician, he and his career are, among the stars like he he is one of the greatest stars to have ever existed his musical library is vast and amazing it's not even that he was just like some faffy you know not not talented not great person who was just pushed forward because of his family or because of this or because of that he was actually a talented musician who became the prince of pop so while he was a very troubled individual and has a lot of problematic history he is still a very talented or was a very talented individual so i'm gonna vote for him 
Yeah. And I'm glad that you named that because it's what I've been struggling with this whole episode and a little how the sausage is made for this podcast. We have very explicitly avoided touching certain subjects because they, and even using the term touching is problematic here, um, because they are landmines. And Michael Jackson is one. Uh, We did have to talk about him on the Super Bowl episode. In that one, I kind of rationalized it because that is a very specific 10 minute performance that we are talking about there is it is fully filmed there's you are talking about that performance this one's a little broader because you're talking about his musical catalog and everything he did um as curtis mentioned jk rowling and harry potter is another one believe me people want us to do a harry potter episode we refuse to touch it right now uh i i think we are of the opinion and you can rail against this that we are talking about michael jackson as a musical artist here and everything else is being ignored and so with that purpose i do agree that his catalog his impact on pop culture is virtually unparalleled and that's why he should advance to the final four but there's this colossal asterisk next to it as jake lewis put it so Michael is in the F4. Finally, it's Tina Turner versus George Michael. I'm going to start with uh, Jake Pitticelli. Where are you? Tina Turner. Uh, I'm going to go to Jake Lewis. Tina Turner. Curtis Creekmore. I'm just still so confused as to how these two people were rated as highly as they were. I, I understand. So for those of you who are listening to this in the future, because we are so popular and you're coming back to listen to this episode, Tina Turner just recently passed away. It was very unfortunate um, and nothing to take away from Tina Turner's vast career and, and you know, all the, uh, everything that she did, she was amazing. Do I think that she's a one seed in this bracket? Absolutely not. I feel like there are other people that could have absolutely been in that spot. And I don't think George Michael should have been nearly as high as he was either. In this matchup, it's Tina Turner for me. I'm not a fan of George Michael's music for the most part. I think that there were, I would have voted for everybody up against him in every round before this as well. I'm just so confused as to this, this one seed for Tina. I'm not. Um, I think if you were alive in the 80s, uh, you got it. A- 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 Tina Turner was as big in the 80s as... God, I'm trying to compare her to someone now. She she was a megastar and she had been around for two decades at that point and came and was and had more success as a 40 something woman, a, a woman of color than virtually any other female artist at that time. Um, it was an incredible second act for her. And I think people gravitate not just to her artistry and her songs, but also her story. So mm. I totally get why she's a one seed. Um, there's a lot of. And I actually think that's true for George Michael too, frankly, is that um, he had huge success in the States. Don't get me wrong. I think I pointed out earlier, 100 million albums sold uh, during his lifetime as a solo artist, not counting the 30 million with Wham!, Wham had more success in the UK. Wham was much bigger in the UK than it ever was in the United States. George Michael was massive across the globe. And I think as an artist, again, there is the tragedy aspect of it. He also had, he was one of the first male performers to publicly come out was he forced out you bet he was and that was a really ugly situation but that is an indelible moment in pop culture um i do think he has a great catalog from the 90s i do think that he had an incredible place in pop culture beyond just the music 
but I think Tina has more weight. Uh, so I give it to Tina Turner. I think for the gay community, George Michael was more important. For the broader pop culture landscape, Tina Turner was more important. So that's why I give it to Tina. Which gives us a final four of all the one seeds. Oh shit, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to launch our next Grammy campaign and we'll be right back after these messages. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And we are back with the final four of our best solo musician to come out of a band debate. At this point in the show, I always like to take step back and look at that f4 it's for one seeds can't get more obvious than that um even if some of those one seeds are maybe a little bit dubious in, in their rankings so we're going to start off with beyonce versus Cher. we're going to go around the horn i'm going to start with jake lewis beyonce or Cher. beyonce jake Piticelli. uh it's beyonce i mean Beyonce started with let's start with, let's take a roll back in beyonce's career she started out with a little group called girl time who won at ta- lost? Excuse me, on the show Town Surge, which was one of the biggest talent competitions of uh, of that time. And then she became um, part of Destiny's Child uh, with Kelly, Michelle, Latoya. Who's the other one, Eric? I know you probably Latavia. <laughs> yes, Justice for Latavia. Yeah. Um, and won Grammys with that group. Destiny's Child was huge with songs like yep. Bills, 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 Survivor, songs that are, st- if you playing now, still have really aged well and are anthems for so many people. Um, and as big as Destiny's Child was, Beyonce is 10 times bigger. I mean, she is, in many ways, the music industry. I mean, she is the most, uh, the artist with the most Grammys of all time. And even as private as she is with her mystique, I think she shares so much about her personal life through her music, CC Lemonade, um, her body of work from her debut album, um, Dangerously in Love, featuring Crazy in Love with her now husband, Jay-Z. Crazy in Love won the best song of 2003 in an earlier uh, uh, episode. Um, And then beyond that, going from Single Ladies, the iconic music video, um to her most recent um album renaissance which as i mentioned i seats to uh tickets to next week i'm very very excited um i'm taking the day off uh after it's in the middle of the week it's on a tuesday but i will go to beyonce on a tuesday night um take all my money but which is her most recent album renaissance which is a love letter to um the lgbtq community um i think it's such a game changer of an album and um, 
such such a groundbreaking album and i can't wait to see her it'll be the first time that i see her um but i think that she is just um there is no there are other female pop artists and then there is beyonce and I think that's true currently, yes. Um, I'm curious for the historical perspective on that, but I'll go to Jake Lewis, Beyonce, or Cher. Did you already vote? I'm sorry. I did. Beyonce, did, yes. It's Beyonce. Curtis. I live two miles away from Gillette Stadium where Beyonce is going to perform on my birthday, and I am not going. Um, I'm <laughs> voting for Cher. Cher is the fifth-ranked female artist with the most Billboard U.S. Hot 100 charted singles. She has reached the top 10 on the Hot 100 at least once during each of four decades, the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, which places her in a tie for second place in that category alongside Aerosmith, Barbra Streisand, Madonna, and Whitney Houston, and only behind Michael Jackson. Her span of top 10 records on that Hot 100 stretches for 33 years one month and three weeks, not counting Sonny and Cher's hits, I Got You Babe and Baby Don't Go, from Bang Bang, which was in 1966, to Believe in 1999, which again, she's in third place in that category behind only Michael Jackson and Carlos Santana. Cher's career as a recording artist spans seven decades and she is the only artist to have a number one single on a billboard chart in each of the past six decades it's share bitch beyonce is amazing beyonce is everything beyonce is now share is forever that's exactly my argument is right there is that beyonce is now beyonce is the biggest music artist in the world at this moment no one is coming close to Beyonce right now, but Cher has been doing this for seven decades and she's maintained her incredible pop culture chokehold for seven decades. That's mind boggling. And that's after coming out of a band, right? Like that's her as a solo artist. Am I correct, Chris? Curtis? I think that includes the, the seven decades includes Sonny and Cher, but I think she's been on her own for six. Yeah. It's just wild. That being said, it is a tie, and I think these are both completely valid statements, and the number one seed, and it was by a considerable margin on this poll, was Beyonce. So Beyonce does win out here. She's the ultimate number one for this episode. She does advance to the final two. Finally, it's Michael Jackson versus Tina Turner. I'm going to start with Jake Piticelli. Where are you on this one? Ooh, this is the tough one. The queen of rock and roll versus the king of pop. <sighs> yeah. I am going to say, uh, and yeah, Michael Jackson. It's it's a tough okay. one with Michael Jackson. Okay. Uh, Jake Lewis, where are you on this one? I'm going to go with Tina Turner. Um, I think uh, how you pointed out, she was a, a woman of color, uh, but also a woman of color doing rock and roll. I mean, that wasn't really, I, I don't, I can't think of another artist at that time that was doing it like Tina did. And I can't really think of many people that have done it like Tina did since Tina. Um, so not to say Michael Jackson wasn't unique in his own way, but again, um, I, Tina's my winner. Uh, Curtis. I'm going to go with Michael Jackson again. Um, no disrespect to Tina. Love everything that she did. 
but I think Michael, when my biggest criteria, when we were looking at the, the rubric of how we were choosing these, because it's so it truly every one, every one of these matchups is almost apples and oranges. Cause it's comparing mm-hmm. different styles, different decades, different genres of music. It's very, it's challenging to do, but my ultimate criteria was impact. What impact did they have on the pop culture zeitgeist for lack of a better term i hate that word but just the the what pop culture is in general and i think michael jackson but with against tina turner has the edge there um so i'm glad you've said that curtis because that is this is true this is possibly the uh episode of this podcast that has the widest ranging uh, kind of options included where you are making comparisons against things that really can't be compared. That is very true. From a music standpoint, it was all over the map. The unifying thing being that they were all solo artists who came out of bands, which is like, what? But it was, seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, t- uh, I agree with what you said uh, that uh, in terms of the social impact, Michael Jackson is unparalleled and definitely dwarfs Tina. However, in my opinion, Tina has this incredible career, this incredible story, and none of the baggage that Michael has. In fact, Tina's backstory is a plus for her, whereas Michael's is a colossal negative. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I threw my vote to Tina here. So we're split again, and Michael Jackson was the number two vote for the entire poll. So if we're going by seeds and like meta seeds, it's a Beyonce Michael Jackson final two, and we're going to start with Curtis. Who are you going with? So originally when I completed my bracket, I went with Michael Jackson as the winner. I have changed my mind. I am going with Beyonce for a lot of different reasons, but as we've talked about her cultural impact of today... I I mean, I was alive in 1986. I was literally an infant, but that was his, his heyday, I would say. And I grew up with the the music of Michael Jackson. Like, um, one of my favorite songs as a kid, obviously thriller. I swear to God, my best friend's mom was in that video. She wasn't, but one of the zombies, the backup zombie dancers looked just like my best friend's mom. I don't think that's a read. Oh yes, it was. Um, and then um, the song that he did with Janet, Scream, that was one of yeah. my favorite. It still is. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, I really do love the music of Michael Jackson, but I kind of think we can't know what will happen in the future. I, I wonder if Beyonce is having the same impact that Michael Jackson had now. I think of all the artists currently working right now, it's her or it's Taylor Swift Mm -hmm. in terms of the like pan global level of success. They're the only two I think come close. Jake Lewis, where are you on this one? Oh, Beyonce, hands down. Um, Not, not problematic. And um, y'all, I mean, I know that, Michael Jackson obviously had a very lengthy career, but I mean, Beyonce started in the nineties. I mean, that <laughs> I hate to admit it, but that was a long time ago now. No, don't say it. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I, she definitely has the longevity. I mean, if you're comparing the golden standard of music in America, the Grammys, I mean, like Jake Pichelli said, it's, I mean, she has 32 wins, 29 as a solo artist. 
Um, Michael Jackson had 13. So uh, again, it, it, it's, it's all depends on your rubric. Mine, mine really goes to what I particularly liked, like specifically like to listen to Beyonce wins over anybody in this bracket for me. I mean, as far like I probably listened to lemonade 7 million times. Um, so yeah, Beyonce hands down easy way. There's only one small correction I'll give you. You said Beyonce hands down, but Beyonce specifically told us single ladies to put your hands up. So I well, just, as I, I said in my intro line, I am definitely not single, so I can keep <laughs> my hands down. There you go. There you go. Uh, Jake Piticelli, I, I have a feeling I know where this is going. Yeah, Beyonce can take me to Red Lobster any day of the week. I mean, it's so funny because... For my bracket as well, I had Michael Jackson up against Beyonce, and as great as Michael Jackson is, to use one of Eric's term, a juggernaut of the industry, um, I think Beyonce, just subjectively, is a better vocalist. I think she might even be a better dancer. She may not have some of the iconic dance moves, but still, I think technically she is, you know, to you no know, pun intended, but flawless. Um, she's done more in 40 years of her career than some people ever do and it's interesting because if you look at their careers michael jackson and beyonce they kind of in some ways mirror each other they started out very young in the industry they both were with fathers who were put a lot of pressure on them um but beyonce doesn't have that controversy that big asterisk that we were talking about earlier with michael jackson and like she like i said she's not even 50 yet i mean she is and she's already number eight on the rolling stone best artists of all time and so to be there already um at this level of career and to have this cultural impact um it's really hard i can't think of a more talented as his as her husband jay-z says jay-z oh my god as her husband jay-z says she is the greatest living entertainer alive right now um these are all terrific arguments and i will say the one hesitation i had was is this recency bias are we saying this because it's a primarily gay podcast and the gays love beyonce um but one of the things that jake lewis pointed out that makes me feel more comfortable with this is in terms of longevity now beyonce has been around for roughly 30 plus years jackson was around from the 70s to the 2010s and by this point in his career where Beyonce is now, he had absolutely spiraled. There's no question that he was in rough fucking shape. Beyonce, I think, is just continuing to go up. She is still putting out career level defining albums at almost 50. Jackson could never. Jackson could never. And so for that reason, I feel a lot more comfortable about this decision. So thank you all for bringing me to this place. I actually feel really good about it. I had some hot fucking takes this episode, but I think we finally got to where we needed to. So there you have it, folks. Our pick for the best solo musician to come out of a band is Beyonce. Do you agree? Do you think we should have never left our group? Tell us how you really feel by leaving a comment on this episode at greatpopculturedebate.com or find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or Mastodon. While you're there, make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so you can hear about what new debates are coming soon, vote in open polls, and even decide which topics we tackle next. And if you really enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to like and rate it on podca- uh, Apple, Spotify, or whatever platform you listen on. I want to say thank you to my panel. I always enjoy harmonizing with you. And thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please consider supporting us on Patreon, where you can get even more exclusive content and you get episodes a whole day early. We hope you have a good one. And remember, everyone is entitled to their wrong opinions. Surfboard! 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.